Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Karen Vanell. Karen has over 30 years of experience working with couples and families facing transition, loss, growth, and change. Her work as a collaborative divorce coach spurred her determination to write the Co-Parents Handbook. In this book, parents can learn the best ways to support their children, strengthen their co-parenting, and discover the necessary tools to skillfully create a two-home family. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Family Confidential. Annie, it's so good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure, and thank you for making the time to do this. I know you're busy doing good work in the world, helping parents, specifically parents who are um, either newly divorced, going through the process, and their families, and that's just what I want to talk to you about today. Perfect. Most of my viewers and listeners are the parents of tweens and teens, and you know, right. whether your parents are together or not together, that's a challenging that's a challenging time. It's a challenging time. Absolutely. And an exciting time. Oh, I like the positive spin. Very good. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're testing boundaries and they're pushing back and they're trying to establish their own independent identity apart from who we are. And that's in the intact, stable families. When there is a shift mm-hmm. and uh, a separation or a divorce occurs and the parent is now starting to date. Oh. I'm imagining, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's talk about yes. that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. You know, it's interesting because divorce itself or separation is really just a restructuring of the family, right? It's not insignificant. It's a huge change. And there's often grief involved. So kids are, you know, recalibrating and refiguring out how to make sense out of something that their parents have done that they have no control over. They don't really understand intimate partnerships, although their first budding relationships are just coming into view for them often, right? right? Their moral compass is developing so they can be harsh critics of parents who make decisions that they're not very fond of. So all of that is going on in the background. And then we ask them to consider the possibility that we're dating. It's like, wait a minute. I'm the one who's supposed to be dating, not you. That's their first response. Because I can can imagine it's just weird. It's weird enough thinking of your biological parents together in a romantic sexual way. But to think about your mom or dad with a new partner, it's like the yuck factor is probably way up there. Over the top. And the idea that you would wake up in the morning, pull on your bathrobe or into your skivvies if you're a you know, teenage boy, to walk out into the kitchen, to stumble into the orange juice in the refrigerator only to have some other adult in what you are now experiencing is intimate space, throw up. So it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And one of the biggest mistakes that parents make is in their own excitement and in a sort of like, yay, this is finally happening, and I've met this really wonderful person, they somehow think their teen is going to join them in all that enthusiasm. (laughs) And I will tell you, occasionally, uh, a teen will, like a teenage girl, will join her mom in that for a brief period, because then they get to be girls together. And that's kind of fun and interesting and exciting until it's real. And then it's not so fun and interesting and exciting. And suddenly a whole bunch of fears and worries and concerns come forward like, are you still going to be my mom? Why are you changing? Have you ever noticed when people fall in love, um, 
they're kind of like on drugs. You know, we yeah. call it love drugs, right? It's, it's brain chemistry akin to being on opium. And so children are kind of unnerved by that. And so they're talking to you about something that happened at school today and how somebody said something in the lunchroom and you're texting. And they're like, Mom, yeah. Dad, I'm, I'm, right? So you're distracted. Yeah. All kinds of things can be going on. And for our teens, it's a struggle. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's and a, it's a struggle for parents. I, you know, I have the most empathy for parents who are trying to move on in their lives. Exactly. So what do, what do we recommend? Right? Yes. What, what are kind of our top three things? One is really enjoy developing a new adult relationship in your non-parenting time. Now, if you don't have much non-parenting time, then try to do it in a way that doesn't necessarily involve your children, at least in that first four or five months, to the extent that that's reasonable and possible. Get, please, date and develop that relationship. That's wonderful. But try and make sure that your child knows, even as you move on in your life and you develop a new relationship, that you're going to stay focused on them when they need you when you are with them and they're with you. Okay, so that's kind of number one. Number two is remember, teens have the same kinds of needs to step into a relationship that adults do for very different reasons. So that relationships don't just form because we ask them to. They form out of very specific kinds of positive experiences and out of respect. So anybody that we bring into our lives needs to know that they're going to be an adult to our children, not necessarily a parent. That's a very, very different role. So that we don't have somebody new entering the family system and new, let's just parenthetically talk about that for a minute. Yeah. New is any time in that first couple of years. Okay, it's not new like the first three months. No. It's new in the first few years yeah. that that person is not attempting to step into a parental right-like role. They're not disciplining um, and they're not expressing uh they're not expressing disappointment or any kind of negativity toward children when they're behaving like kids. Okay, so before you move on to tip number three, I want to re- review the first two. The first two, the first one that I heard is for you to, as a parent, um, establish um, the clear expectation with your child that you are there for them, and that of course you have the freedom to explore other relationships, but do it in your non-parenting time and, and make sure that your, your kid, because it's a huge transition here for your child, and, and you want to make sure that they don't feel abandoned. The second thing I heard you say is that this new person is a, um, a, f- a friend of the family, hopefully, um, but not a parent or a parent substitute, and that it's not their role to discipline your child. Right. That's exactly right. Or do parenting-like behaviors, so sort of somehow insert themselves in, now they're driving you back and forth to school as mm. if they've already moved into a bonus parent-type role. Does it mean that they can't occasionally help pick somebody up from, you know, junior high or whatever, but we're just careful and respectful that this is a constructive potentially loving adult, but not a parent type person. And that we're aware that when it comes to the household, that there's intimate spaces like first thing in the morning, the kitchen and the bathroom and that hallway where the bedrooms are, that feels like intimate space. And to suddenly have a non-family member adult in those spaces can be really disconcerting 
to teens. So those two things are really, really important. And I would say that the third thing that we want to do is really help our partner understand that we're going to be a parent first and we're going to date second. And that doesn't mean that they are not first in our hearts as an intimate partner. But our partners need to be mature enough to realize that when we're parenting, that that's something that they can be proud of, that that's something that they can admire in us. And if that starts to feel competitive, we want to really be able to talk that through so that there isn't competition between the new romantic partner and the fact that our children are likely to still need a lot of attention, structuring, and love when that person is around. Even if they're teens. And what you brought up really echoes, it echoes a lot of um, what I hear in the emails that I get Mm -hmm. from girls and guys whose parents are in this situation. They have that competition and that, and that sense of um, I'm losing my mom. I'm losing my dad. They always side with their partner now. um, And I feel like what I say doesn't matter. No one's listening to me. And, And it seems to, to thread back to what you're saying is that there shouldn't, this competition thing isn't, is totally avoidable. And, and to move in that direction where some partner is choosing you, is forcing in some way, pressuring you to choose between you and your children. Um, yeah, you need to talk about that. We really need to talk about that. Let's describe it in a really concrete way. It's, it's what we call insiders and outsiders. So parents and children have a loyalty bond, right, that is an inside bond. A new intimate partner who is a non-family member doesn't get to come into that bond. They, they just don't. It's not mm-hmm. theirs. Just like as I form a new intimate partnership with an adult, my children don't get to come into that bond. They don't belong in that bond. So is we understand that there are insider relationships, the intimate partnership, the parent-child relationship, there are also outsider relationships. Children are really sensitive to being pushed to the outside. So when we're parenting, we want to attend and tend them in that insider relationship, parent-child. I'm always your mom. You don't need to worry about this. I'm always your dad. You don't need to worry about this now. That doesn't mean that they need your undivided attention 24-7. It's no different than if your best friend comes over to visit or spend the weekend. You're not 100% dedicated to your children. But as you bring a new, a new intimate partner into, this, into the family structure, there will be a heightened sensitivity to that. You are likely to see your 12, 13, 14-year-old behave like a 2, 3, or 4-year-old. Yeah. And so the more we understand that echo the more we understand those developmental needs, the smoother the transition can be. Oh, a lot of questions come up in response to this. Okay, now I'm imagining that you're dating someone who also has children. Yes. And Perfect. so we've got, we've got um, let's say, I, I, I'm living with my mom. Um, she and my dad are separated, divorced. She's dating a man who has children. Mm-hmm. And now the dynamic is, is over overcomplicated in that I have to tend to my role as parent to my own children. I want to um, help nurture and um, encourage this new, very healthy adult relationship. Right. I want to figure out where I fit in with my prospective stepchildren on the other side. And I also want to make sure that my partner has a healthy relationship with my children and that 
my perspective. Stepchildren have a healthy relationship with my children. Shoo! Wow. Are we talking three-ring circus? Are we talking complicated? Yes. We're talking hard family stuff. Now, impossible, no. Incredibly rewarding, yes. Needs to be done skillfully. We need to understand how relationships are built. And we need to understand the needs of those children as they begin to build those relationships. And that we cannot force family on teenagers It doesn't work. Even if it was good and right and perfect, they will balk. And that's that's understandable because guess what? They're finding their own power. They're finding their own footing. We've been training them for the first 12, 13, 14 years of their lives to begin to drive their own train, to take the wheel of the bus, right? And now we're saying, oh, by the way, we're throwing you backwards into this sibling group now of five. And they're like, uh... Who needed more parents and more siblings? Yeah, really. I, I, was, right? I was just looking forward to, to the time I needed less of both. I was just imagining exactly. um, you meet someone, you fall in love, and you just only want to be with that person, and they have custody of their children, and all of a sudden, you're all living together in you know a hot New York minute. Really, really troubling, difficult, and hard for kids. Now, I'm not going to say that doesn't ever work out, but any one of the really tough things that we have to face is that when we remarry with children, if that's done very, very unskillfully, about 65 to 75% of those relationships actually complete again in a separation and divorce. And a lot of that is due to the conflict, due to the fact that my kids never grew to like my partner. My partner actually began to resent my children. There was so much enmity and chaos. Nobody was happy. Mm. We were fighting. And guess what? My co-parent... Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Should we mention co-parents? Because my co-parent was going berserk and insisting that maybe the children should simply live with him Uh under the stress of all the chaos. And so remember that a family system is not just me, my new partner, and my kids when they're with me, but it does include my co-parent and how the children respond when they're with my co-parent. And if my partner has children another co-parent on this side. So the more we understand the complexity of family systems that have a respect for roles, boundaries, responsibility, decision-making, discipline, and how relationships build, the more skillful we can be to create that beautiful, expanded sense of family for all those kids and all those grown-ups feeling secure and safe in their roles with those children. That's key. Yes, this is perfect. I'm hearing skillful. I'm hearing um, healthy boundaries. I'm hearing listening to your kids' concerns, talking things through. And so if you're listening or viewing this podcast right now and and you are... um, dating someone with children after your own divorce or you're considering moving to the next step and actually marrying someone with with children and you've got children of your own um what's the best takeaway for these folks Karen one tip one tip go slow be go thoughtful slow. go slow be thoughtful there's no run to that finish line the rest of your life is in front of you and the more skillful you do these first couple of years the more glorious the next 48 are going to be so Take your time. Get to know these kids. Build a relationship. Go slow. It's all going to work out. You've got to take your time. 
That's great. Thank you so much, Karen. This is really good advice. I would also add to that, that if communication seems challenging to get some professional help. Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of information out there about step parenting and be careful that some of that is anecdotal. Some of that is really supported by the people out there who are studying this sort of thing. Think of Patricia Papernow in her book, Surviving and Thriving in Step Families. That's really solid information about how to create the step family life that you're hoping for. And be aware, it starts when you start dating right? You're actually building toward that right from the beginning. It's the foundation. That's great. Thanks a lot, Karen. Um, We have about 30 seconds left. And if you could please give our viewers and listeners um, a a URL somewhere where they can connect with you and your work online, I'd appreciate it. You bet. Just go to coachmediateconsult.com and you'll see that I work with parents and co-parents and step-parents, people trying to do that wonderful sort of carnival-like extension of family, that expanded sense of family. And uh, you'll find lots of information there. Great. Thanks for the wonderful work you do, Karen. I'm so glad we connected. Thanks so much, Annie. My Absolutely my pleasure. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and their parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, and my latest book for tween girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And rate us on iTunes. It helps other folks find the show. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. Tune in next time when my guest will be Heather Von St. James. In 2005, at the age of 36, and only three months after giving birth to a beautiful daughter, Heather Von St. James was diagnosed with pleural mesothelioma. Today, she is an 11-year cancer survivor and continues to provide unending inspiration to people around the globe. Heather and I will be talking about how to have difficult conversations with children about parents' health issues. Until next time, happy parenting. Happy parenting.